You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to Bear and Balance. I'm Jeff Burkus, a writer for Windy City Gridiron, and I'm joined, as always, by the boss over at that fine website, Lester A. Wiltfong Jr. Lester, how have you been able to contain your excitement in this free agency Ryan Poles era? The free agency frenzy we were all expecting. It just kind of came and went. It just uh, it kind of fizzled out. I mean, I, I mean, this is what they told us though, wasn't it? They said they're going to be smart. They're going to go slow and steady. They're going to work the second and third wave of free agency. Don't expect any big signings. And you know, that's, that's kind of what's happened. It's to be expected, but still a little disappointing. It's just because there's no excitement there for us. Yeah. I think that a lot of people are disappointed and I think that's fair because yeah. you want to see this team improve. And, and I think that there are a couple of people that have maybe taken that disappointment to a next level that are like almost angry or, you know, trying to now draw some sort of conclusions that Ryan Poles is now asleep on the job or he's not doing very well. I, I disagree with that. I think that the thing that you would be really concerned with is if he came out and he was just spending money like crazy and he was trying to like fix a roster in one off season. And this is really paying the debt <laughs> that was accrued by the last regime. And we all knew this was going to happen at some point or needed to happen. And so the discipline that he's shown is a good thing. And he's, he's been very selective. Now there's a couple of things that we'll get into here. Um, and why don't we just start with the first one and that always start in the trenches um, on this show. So let's, let's talk about Ryan Bates. Uh, we hardly knew ye, the uh, guard that was going to be like the next coming of, <laughs> I, I don't know, Kyle Long in his prime. Wow. Uh, I don't know what uh, Bears fans really got excited about this guy. Uh, backup lineman for the for the Bills, got an opportunity to play down the stretch, played well, uh, looked like a guy that you know could probably ascend into a full-time starter role. Uh, Buffalo restricted him uh so they were able to they had the opportunity to match any contract offer that that he signed the bears won the the bid for him mm -hmm. uh, there were four you know four or five interested teams he signed with the bears and then it came down to the bills whether or not they would sign him for it looked like the bills were just gonna be hands off right like there was just no way that they were gonna match this contract for a guy who you know, maybe he plays on their line this year. Maybe he's, you know, their their top backup. Um, but given that's the deal that he signed, uh, you would have thought that they would have passed. But no dice. Bills don't do match that contract. And so Ryan Bates is still a bill and the Bears still have a need in the interior offensive line. You know, it was a deal that Ryan Pohl signed him to, which was a pretty substantial deal because the, the the restricted free agent tender that the bill signed him to was a uh, the right of first refusal. So his it was basically a one year deal for I think a little less than three million. The Bears came over the top with a four year deal. I think the first couple of years was eight million guaranteed. So the Bills matched. So in hindsight, the Bills probably should have gave him a second round tender because the teams interested would have offered him 
that much money. They may have actually, you know, signed him, which in that case, they would have then, you know, had to give the Bills a, a, a second round draft pick. You know, I'm not sure if it would have got to that point, you know, but the fact that the Bears or the Bills may have been unsure about his long term future, they should have went with a second round tender because the offers were there. They would have had him only for one year. I think it was at 3.9 million would have been. And then they could have reevaluated. But now they got him for four years. The first two years are pretty much guaranteed. So, you know, it's a good deal for them. It's not it's not huge money, but it's starter money. So if, if they weren't sure about him starting before, they're sure about him starting now because he's, you know, he's getting paid like the starting right guard for the Bills. Yeah, it's, it's just an interesting thing because, and again, I think that if there were some more marquee signings, this wouldn't have necessarily taken up as much oxygen. But it just yeah. sort of became this 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 uh, this thing that dominated uh, Bears Twitter in the offseason that was very interested in, in what was going to happen. And, and, you know, you hear some hot takes of like, well, you know, polls really messed up by how like, you know, he it was gave a good, him a offer. good offer yeah. and, 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 and to the point that the bills matched it. Yeah. Right. It wasn't like you could say, well, he was paying too much. Well, the bills didn't think so because the bills matched it and they, they didn't want this guy to get away. So I, I think that's just one of those tough luck things. And you wish that it maybe was the seventh most you know interesting thing of the week. It just so happens that there just hasn't been a lot going on. So it's you know more of the more interesting things of the week. I want to talk to you about the idea of uh, signing J.C. Treader, who's still out there, yeah. a good veteran center. Um, you know, they came out talking about Lucas Patrick being a guy that they wanted to play at center, but he's a guy that's played most of his snaps at guard. He's a guy that has most of his experience as guard. Now he can play center. Now, if the plan was Lucas Patrick and a Ryan Bates and, you know, you've solidified your interior of your offensive line and now Ryan Bates isn't there. So now you're looking at, well, okay, do I go into the draft knowing that I'm going to need to draft somebody who's going to be a starter? Is that guy going to be a center? Is that guy going to be a guard? Or do you say, no, I really want that flexibility back. So maybe I go out and I spend some of that Okanjobi money that I have back in my pocket <laughs> on a guy like JC Treader to, to man the, the pivot and, and move a guy like Patrick and project him over into guard. What do you think of that as, as yeah. a, a pivot for the pivot? Yeah, that was actually my initial thought was, you know, with 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 them losing Bates, you know, they got to get someone because, you know, he, he was obviously a plan to be a starter at right guard for the Bears. So right now, if you look at it, they're down a starter. So they got to do something. I mean, as much as I, I'm high on Tevin Jenkins, I think Borum has some upside. You know, there are still some issues on the O-line. You, you, you have really no depth right now. You can't go into the draft with just, you know, hoping to, you know, to have guys there to plug holes. You need a couple vets. Treader's a guy. I know a, a guy like uh, Eric Fisher, not the best guy. You know, mm -hmm. he's not the, the most talented player. He's 31 years old. He had an Achilles injury two years ago. Uh, he had a rough year last year in Indianapolis. He finished the year pretty strong, you know, but you got to have somebody. He at least has quality depth at the very least. He could, he could play right and left side, you know, plus there's the, the, with the Packers, Dennis Kelly. He's more of a backup swing guy but another Packer who would know the scheme. And again, I just feel more comfortable if there was a couple of veterans in the mix there, because if you know, the, the odds are these young guys all hitting are pretty slim. Right. Absolutely. Well, it'll be interesting. And you know, it, this is one of those things where we just need like seven day two picks for offense right now. Right. Like, I mean, yeah. it's, it's not even like the holes that are on defense, but uh, let's move on. I want to talk about uh, a quote for, from Ryan Poles here. Um, and 
he was asked about uh, all of the fallout around the Ogunjobi signing and the 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 medical evaluation and then the falling through of the contract. And he was asked whether that fallout cost him an opportunity to sign another free agent or two. And he said, yeah, I would agree on that. And, and I think that that someone said uh, to me like, ah, oh, he shouldn't have admitted that. And I'm like, admitted the absolute truth. That was very obvious. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, and, and I talk about this a lot that opportunity costs is important. And, you know, you can view that term in a lot of different ways, but the Ryan Poles going after Ogunjobi as his marquee signing to start free agency that, you know, before that period um, where it officially starts, you know, that was his one big guy that he was going after. And he wasn't able to go after anybody else because he just doesn't have the money. And so now going after this guy who had at least, an elevated chance of failing his physical relative to maybe some other safer options, you could maybe argue that that was a little risky. Um, but again, still, I'm not too worried about this because this isn't going to make or break the Bears' you know, success uh, for this regime because he went after Ogunjobi early. But it is an interesting thing that he was willing to admit that, yes, like this uh, situation did cost me the opportunity to go after a couple different guys that I was interested in. You know, it makes you wonder because usually the, those those first wave free agency guys that are signed, you know, before it actually starts, those guys usually have interest. So it makes you wonder were there other teams, you know, that were talking to him. You know, maybe that's why the Bears had to come over the top with a, with a pretty good offer at the time for him. You right. know, there are, there are other teams looking, so they wanted their guy. You have to have the three tech defensive tackle for this type of defense. It's just it's it's what you need. It's the engine that runs the defense is how it's been explained. You know, you need that guy. He 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 gets after it, you know, through through the gap. You know, he he disrupts quarterbacks, he disrupts running backs. You want a guy that can penetrate. They felt he was the guy. You know, failed physicals happen. You know, and I'm, I'm sure at some point that was the discussion. Hey, you know, be, be, here's the contract, but pending physical that's i mean that's pretty much standard sure. language in all contracts with him coming off a, a foot surgery it had to be a little a little more uh, p- uh put out there because it's you know it's it's going to happen so you know he'll be fine the bears will be fine you know i mean there's you know plenty of of, of guys throughout history that have had the same issue you know drew Brees. you know he failed his physical with the dolphins the next day he passed physical with the saints you know, as far as the Bears connection, uh, Roberto Garza, he failed his physical with the Ravens. He went to Chicago, passed it with, with the Bears. He had a great career in Chicago. So he'll be fine. I think he he had a tweet the other day, or it might have been today, the eyeball tweet, you know, something like that. So he may have something cooking. Um, I doubt it's with the Bears, but who knows? Yeah, I don't uh, – you know, how would you feel about that if he can't – I mean, the, the Bears' reaction, Bears fans' reaction to this whole – situation has been very interesting but um you know if, if he can the bears go back and do that to him like say hey you know come in on a one-year deal uh you know and we'll see how how, how you do this year and maybe sign into that big extension next year that seems like that's not gonna happen i mean if you're the player you probably are a little salty if you're the yeah. player you know what right you know even if they ended things really on, 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 on a cool way if they understood each other completely even if it was really cool how it was happened, there's still got to be a little bit of like, yeah, I'm not going back to Chicago. I'm going to go somewhere else and prove it, prove everyone wrong, you know. And that, I mean, that's what he did with the Bengals. That he was on a one-year prove it deal from the from his time with the Browns. He had a one-year in Cincy. He played pretty good, got a big deal. It sucks for the player. 
it sucks for the Bears, but you know, here we are. The Bears pivoted quickly and got Justin Jones, who is you know not the same level of quality, but he'll be okay. Yeah, like you said, you had obviously they prioritize that as one of their most important offseason moves, and they went after it quick, and they had a plan B ready to go when that fell through. So um, you got to have it. You know, yeah. I mean, Tommy Harris isn't walking through that door, right? And if he was, well, you know, probably couldn't play anymore. No. Um, I want to talk about a couple other free agents that the Bears have, have managed to sign. Again, this is a pretty slow, <laughs> it's a pretty slow offseason. Uh, but l- let's start with the the quarterback. Let's start with Trevor Simeon. So, you know, uh, veteran bat, uh, quarterback who's bounced around the league, you know, those guys are around. Um, but he signs with Chicago, which I wasn't necessarily expecting no. uh, the Bears to sign a backup quarterback. And then there's been a little bit of talk like, yeah, we're looking for that opportunity to move Nick Foles. So uh, what do you, what did you think when you heard the move? And, you know, how much are you willing to put on Nick Foles not being in a in a Bears uniform come September? I mean, it makes the most sense. I mean, he he doesn't make any sense to run the roster. He made a little sense last year because it was, you know, he was already here. The the, 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 the the deal was already made. You couldn't really move him at the point. This year, he got his $4 million roster bonus. If you trade him, you save about $4 million in the cap. If you cut him, I'm not sure what the saving is. It's not quite as much as $4 million. So I think you trade him, and you trade him for a conditional seventh if that's what it takes. The Colts, the Jags, maybe the Eagles. You know, there are some teams that will be interested in a in a in a relatively cheap backup quarterback with the Super Bowl MVP. So I think it happens. It may happen at the draft, you know. So if, if like I said, if all you get is a seventh round pick, that's good. <laughs> the uh, uh PFF put out a new mock draft uh application. Yeah. And I was I was messing around with it. And they added player trades into it so you can now trade players which is fascinating yeah and so i i wasted too much time on that but i i was able to get i think maybe jacksonville or somebody to like take them for pick 220 to yes. something like that so uh that's about what he's worth on, in pff size so maybe the the bears can say hey you know this app told me that you might take this what do you think yeah. guys it's funny you mentioned that i actually did the same thing and i have a mock draft coming out tomorrow tomorrow morning on the site and that was the first thing i did i traded nick Foles to the jaguars i think it was pick 220 or 222 right seventh round pick i i, I looked because you know the, the pro football focus, you know, the team behind it, you know, they model their stuff after actual trades, you know, stuff that actually happens. So it's a pretty right. good model to use. And if if if, if that model saying the best you're going to get is a seventh, that's probably the best you're going to get. I, I went through a few iterate, like I, I traded for DK Metcalf one time. Um, I, there was one that I, I didn't want to point out to our, our, our friend, our mutual friend, Brad Spielberger. Um, but I got like a second and a third for Cody Whitehair. <laughs> And I do not think that that's a real wow trade valuation for Cody Whitehair. But call Ryan Poles right now. If yeah, that's I'd be the like, hey man, Cody Whitehair. Yeah. PFF thinks this, so go find out who they think that's that's linked to. I, I can't even remember who it was. Might have been you know. Real, real quick Seahawks. about Cody Whitehair. Do you think he's staying on the roster? I know we've talked about it before, and the, the money says he stays. Right. I mean, well, in in the lack of moves. Yeah. Right. I mean, like yeah. they haven't made enough moves to to push him off the roster. I. I, I really think that there is an unknown piece of information that we would need to have at our disposal to make that determination. Was he fighting an injury? Um, because if he was, then you could talk yourself into him this year. If he wasn't, 
I think you tr- you got to try to get out of it because he was can, not good. Yeah. Yeah, but if you good. if you cut him though, you don't but, save anything. You actually no, you, you actually anything. yeah you actually take on more dead cap space. So I don't know. He, he's a veteran. You know you can cut him or trade him next off season, and you will save some money. So so I think he stays whether he's a starter or even if he's a backup. I think he stays just because the money works out that way. And, and like you said, who else you got? You know, I mean, right. there is there is no Alex Bars. You know, you know, you know, there is no there. The, the Sam Musfer, he's really only a center unless he's worked on his game to play guard. But who else is there? So they have to make some moves. I think if they would have landed Bates and they would have landed another guy and then mm-hmm. they get in the draft and they, they get a great value at center, like they get that Kentucky center that they just love. Yeah, I'm just, you know, whatever, just making yeah. this up, you know, and then they're like, hey, this is the best value of the board. We're taking him. And now all of a sudden you've got Bates that can play a guard. You've got Patrick that can play a guard and and you've got um, your, your rookie center. Um, maybe you feel like, oh, maybe we can move on here. But I, I just don't think that they've made enough moves in the interior to be able to justify it. It's like, yeah, you're probably moving on. But but they did it. sign Dakota Dozier. Uh, from the viking is he gonna make the roster no probably not he's because that guy that guy's yeah awful, the, the vikings awful. fans are were very happy yes um it was uh it was a very similar like vlad Dukas uh, yeah. uh signing you know, you know it's funny because like he's a depth guy that's all he is i mean he yeah. signed league minimum some bears fans lost their mind why is this the guy that couldn't replace daniels no he's a guy that's in a fight to make a roster he's coming from a similar uh a, a similar shanahan offensive system so he right. may be able to impart some of his wisdom on, on on some of these uh uh young uh undrafted free agents that come in here but that's all he is he, he's a guy a camp body i doubt he even makes it past the, the first wave of cuts you gotta you gotta look at the money that's always yeah. that's always important. And then we plus, talk about plus, plus real quick. There's Dieter Iceland. That's another guy. Oh uh, yeah, I'm, you, you, you've you've been an early stockholder of. I love this Iceland. college tape. Yeah. He's just yeah. so raw. Come yeah. on, it's, it's got to click for him. One of these just days. needs a chance. Yeah, just needs some rest. I got you, Joshua, in the, in, in, in the chat there. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the the other sign just just happened. Dane Crookshank and and Crookshank to me, this sounds like a pirate. Um, I didn't really know <laughs> I that this. That. <laughs> This was a this was a a, a guy, but uh, signs signs with Chicago safety. So, uh, you know, do you, is this a depth signing or is this a guy that's going to compete uh, for playing time with Eddie Jackson? What do you think here? He started four games for the Titans last year. Um, I did watch a little bit of film on him. There's a really nice uh, a, a film out there about how he shuts down tight ends. Okay, I, I don't know if I go that far to say he's you know he shuts down tight ends, but he had a couple of good games against Kelsey and Kittle. You know, he is a uh, physical presence. He's big. Uh, he's he's well-known to be a, a good cover guy. So if he's not starting, he'll be in the mix for some big nickel stuff for the Bears. So it's either a Dion Bush replacement or a uh, yeah. uh, good special teamer. Right. You know, we, you we, know. DeAndre Houston Carson came back. Yeah. So, you, so you've, got, you've got the special teamer ace safety. Uh, but Deion Bush left, right? So you, so you, Bush you still gone, have, yeah. you know, you still need more safeties. There's still just three on the roster. So, yeah, you, you right. need a guy. So that's what right. he is. A depth piece that may have some upside. So we'll see what happens. Okay. Are there any guys out there? I mean, Akeem Hicks is still out there. Oh, uh, you know, it'd be interesting if if maybe they wanted to bring bring my favorite uh, bear back. But uh, who else is out there that you, you've got your eye on? You know, it's, it's hard right now because, like, like we talked about some of the guys in the line. They're all veterans, you know, like 
guys like Dane Cruikshank, these guys that are like, you know, younger, you know, they've been in the league for a few years. They're kind of free agents. The team's not sure what to do with them. So the, the Bears may get, get a chance to get a guy like that. But, you know, as far as the vets, I still think that they're going to go back to the Colts. I mean, Xavier Rhodes still out there. Again, he's not the greatest of player. Right. But 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 I am just not confident in Kendall Vildor, Duke Shelley. I, I say it all the time. I am confident in Thomas Graham being something. I'm not sure what at this point, but I sure. think I think the Bears like him in in this scheme. Um, but you know, you gotta you gotta get somebody. You gotta bring in some guys, you know, vet minimum type players. And there's gonna be a bu- bunch of them because right now the Bears I think have 59 players signed to the roster. You know, which is not a lot. That's not a lot. The 90 man roster is what they have. You figure they have six or seven, maybe eight draft picks that they trade around. They'll bring in another 15, you know, undrafted free agents. That still leaves, you know, a good handful of spots to fill with some veterans. So they're coming. It's just at this point, it's really hard to say who, who they're going to go with. Yeah, I've heard some people start to be like, hey, man, Honey Badger's still out there. Honey Badger's going to cost a lot of money. Though. Honey Badger's going to cost a lot of money, and Honey Badger probably is not going to want to play for, for a team the Bears. that doesn't have a great outlook. Right. Yeah. This is a guy that has earned the right to, you know, hang back and pick and choose and, and join a contender. And so I would not be surprised if he waits quite a while because he might just be interested in just trying to play for more titles. So yeah. um, I love the Honey Badger. That would yes. be great. But that's that's not something that I see happening. You know, Odell Beckham, he's not signed yet, right? No. But he hurt, you know, he tore his ACL. So what what are you doing? Like, you're not going to get a lot out of him. Um, I have no interest in Antonio Brown. Um, oh, please not. Yeah, I'm not going to pay for that ankle surgery. <laughs> you saw that tweet? That, what is he? That guy's a knucklehead, man. What is he doing out there? I I don't understand it. Yeah. Um, I And, you know, the Eric Fisher thing, if they haven't signed him yet, I'm not sure it's going to happen. Um, you know, the, the, this, this would be the, these would be the guys that would know, right? Ryan Poles would know Eric yeah. Fisher. Well, Matty Rufus would know Eric Fisher. Well, and if they just think he's done, then, you know, maybe he's not coming. And so, so again, that really begs the question of what, what the bears are going to do here um, in, in the, in the draft, because you have three premium picks, three day two picks. <sighs> it's not enough. Yeah, it's I not mean, enough it, to fill all the holes. And plus, you again, you can't go into the draft expecting to draft starters. You've got to have your roster pretty much set as far as guys you're comfortable starting. Right. And then, then when the draft comes, hey, I got a guy here. Yeah, he's he's definitely going to be the guy that takes your job, you know. But you can't go into the draft hoping that you draft starters because that just messes up the whole draft plan. Exactly. So we're going to have uh, Jacob Infante here on in a couple minutes. And we're gonna we're gonna go through draft wide receivers. So those of you that are watching, feel free to uh, pop in any questions for for Jacob on draft wide receivers here. Um, I'm gonna check in with Jacob and uh, see where he's at. Is he in the green room? I feel he's so fancy. Not, no, not yet. Okay. Well, we told him seven forty five. So yep, it's, yep. It's so um, and I have a little uh, surprise for Lester on how we're going to. Uh, talk about this so um basically we're running this new software we're trying to get used to it uh but it's helping us 
do live streams and, and, and do different things. So we're still playing with stuff. It's not perfect yet. But for those of you listening on a podcast, this, you know, some of this stuff is, is visual that we'll have, um, but we'll, we'll try to describe it. So um, what I did was I created uh, a slideshow oh, for us to go through today. With the fantastic RAS, anyone that's uh, that can follow him on Twitter, he is uh, at MathBomb, correct? Yes. So this Kent, Kentley Platt uh, at MathBomb does relative athletic score. So I, I pulled the relative athletic scores for all of the wide receivers that Jacob wanted to talk about tonight. That is in the upper left, the upper right. And I will take off that banner so you can see it a little got better. got the spider graph going on. Oh. Yeah, so that's from Mock Draftable. Um, so uh, that this shows is a real cool little spider graph that'll show what their uh, tested results were. So the more red area you see, uh, the better, right? You, you, you the guys that have you know the whole spider <laughs> colored in red, like their their testing's pretty much off the chart. You know, um, you have to update your LinkedIn now because this is like executive producer level stuff for Streamyard here for you. <laughs> You got to update that LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, I, I I threw together a PowerPoint here, so um, oh, you know thought thought it'd be thought it'd be fun to do that. Uh, so you see, and and the other benefit is that you don't have to look at our mugs quite. Our mugs don't take up quite the amount of screen that that's they good. do on, on that good. other picture. So so that's a bonus. So that we're we're pretty excited about that. Um, but you know we're we're gonna try to do stuff like this. We're gonna and at some point we can incorporate some video. Um, oh, maybe video do some, too, man. Not tonight, but Not like tonight. at some okay. point we'll we'll do some video. You know, we'll we'll break some stuff down. Uh, Robert Schmitz and I have been talking about how to incorporate some of that. So, um, you know, we're trying to make the YouTube uh, the, the live stream part of this you know, a little bit more fun, uh, a little bit more interactive, a little bit more interesting. So, you know, keep checking back in with us. Um, hopefully, we can create an entertaining product. So, looks like Jacob's about ready. Uh, give me a thumbs up when you're ready to enter the show here, Jacob. Should we take a, a quick commercial break. We will. For the pod? Yeah, there we go. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we're back. So we're joining. Uh, we're joined by Jacob Infante. And Jacob, I was just explaining to the uh, viewing audience here that I put together a little PowerPoint based on the recommendations that you had, the seven wide receivers that you wanted to talk about in this draft. So these are guys. These are not the top wide receivers in the draft because the expectation is that the top wide receivers will be gone by the time the Bears have a chance to draft them. Uh, yeah. But what I did here is I, I pulled the relative athletic score, the the, the spider chart. Um, and you know, a nice little picture of each guy. And we're going to go through these guys that you gave me based on their CBS ranking. 
Um, and only five of them were ranked. The two guys you gave me didn't have a ranking. So uh, we're going to go through them by ranking, and then we'll we'll pick these two later round gems, I think, that you were trying to identify, and we'll go from there. So, Jacob, let me just first say, welcome to the live stream. Thank you. Yeah, I'm happy to be here for sure. It's nice to be able to, uh, you know, chat with you guys any chance I get. So uh, very happy to be here. This is my uh, my favorite time of the year. Uh in terms of breaking down the draft and all that good stuff. So uh, always a pleasure to hop on, especially with the two of you. So I'm excited for sure. And you're going to be joining us on day two of the draft. We're going to do a live stream on this channel and you're going to be hanging out with us at the beginning of the second round, all the way until the bears make their first pick. Uh, so who, if they trade down, you know, make sure that you've you've got some caffeine or whatever to, to sustain <laughs> you because we're going to keep you on the hook here until, until the Bears make a pick. So um, why don't you start off with the first wide receiver that you identified, and that's George Pickens out of Georgia. Yeah, so I honestly believe that if George Pickens didn't get hurt and miss most of this past season, we'd all be talking about him as that a first-round talent. And uh, I, I think that there's a lot to like in his game. I think that sure he's a bit of a work in progress as a route runner, but you're looking at a guy who's got great size. You know, he's six foot three and he's able to use that to his advantage. He's pretty good in terms of those 50, 50 balls. He has a good catch radius. Uh, he's got reliable hands. I know his hands are sub nine inches, but he's still able to come down with grabs and tight coverage and uh, make those circus caliber grabs. I guess you could say, uh, he's also a very good athlete. He's a type of guy whose size and speed can really take the top off a of defense. And he's got that deep threat ability that could really make him a valuable uh, weapon at the, uh, at the offensive side of the ball. And I, I think there's a little bit of room for improvement in terms of uh, the diversity of his uh, route running package. I think his releases are a little bit one dimensional at this point, but uh, I think there's a lot to like with him. If you're looking for someone who can, uh, help an offense get vertical. I think Pickens is a really good option. Uh, and I think that he's someone who can very likely, at least in my opinion, outdo his eventual uh, draft projection. Which is second round at this point, right? Yeah. 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 Are, are you, when you're talking about these guys, are you thinking at all about how they would pair with Darnell Mooney, how they would fit in the room with, with Byron Pringle? Like, you know, as we go through this, are you, are you thinking about that? Or are you thinking like, I just like this guy, put the best guys in the room, let them figure it out. Yeah. So it's a bit of both. Honestly, when I'm looking at, especially in the second round, I think there are a handful of guys who would really fit in that receiver room simply because you've got Darnell Mooney. He's your speedster, a little bit smaller. Byron Pringle also got some speed to him. A good slot guy, uh, not necessarily the biggest or the most physical or the most or the fastest, but you know, just a well-rounded guy who can, you know, grab, make some catches and they don't really have that big bodied speedster, I think is what they lack. I mean, Equinemius St. Brown is a good fit, but I don't think he's of the caliber to be uh, in that starting lineup. I think he's a good depth piece. Don't get me wrong, but they need someone who can really step in on the boundary uh, and fill that role. So I'm looking at guys like George Pickens. There are a handful of more that we'll get into, uh, but it, it, in for the most part, I am looking at scheme fit, but there are some other guys le that we'll get into, like, you know, just as a spoiler, Sky Moore, like he's someone that I'm, uh, you know, that I brought up that we'll talk about uh, in further detail. But uh, even if he's not 
fitting into that specific archetype of receiver. I think, you know, you just get the best available talent, but I do think scheme fit has to, you know, play some sort of role in it and the better scheme fit, the better, but overall it is just, uh, you know, best receiver available. You know, that's a really good point about both you guys, you know, scheme fit, size, speed, you know, the teams in the NFL, you know, some of them may not have a need for a guy like George Pickens. You know, some may be looking for a specifically a guy like Sky Moore, like you talk about a guy that's, you know, smaller, speedier, more of a guy in a slot. So I think the way that some of these teams have these guys rank on their boards, you know, you'll see some guys fall that you may not expect to fall. You'll see a couple of guys go a lot higher than, than, the, than the draft Knicks think they'll go. And, you know, the Bears are going to be sitting at, at second round. There are going to be some quality guys there for the Bears to pick at receiver. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I think it's a really talented receiver class for sure. Uh, I think that, you know, it's, and, and I mentioned this on a different show uh, that, you know, it's kind of like, you know, whatever suits your fancy, uh, pick your poison, I guess, at the wide receiver position. They're, you know, your bigger guys who can take the top off a of defense, who can, you know, make that 50 50 grab. Uh, some of your speedsters who are better in space, some of your, you know, more precise route runners who win with technique more than anything. Uh, it's a diverse group of receivers, a lot of really good talents, uh, just a matter of the type of skill set you like uh, at the position. So we'll see what the Bears end up doing. I do feel confident that one of the early picks will be a receiver, uh, but I think that it's just a matter of, you know, really what you prefer at receiver because there's a lot for basically every person, honestly, in this class. Let's move on to your next one. So you had Christian Watson. Now he's number eight on the CBS list, but number 53 overall from North Dakota state. So it's a smaller school guy. Uh, I f- found a picture of him with uh, playing against my uh, alma mater, you and I Panthers. But it, for those of you watching that upper right, I mean, that is full. <laughs> it is a, it is an athletic uh, score there. And that uh, 9.96 on the relative athletic score is a, eye-popping numbers. So this is a guy who is uh, an extreme athlete. So what can you tell us about Watson? Yeah, those are some uh, those are some beautiful numbers, aren't they? Like, just look at that and how full the spider chart is, how much green's on that RAS chart. It's uh, it's a sight. It's a sight for uh, it's a sight to see for sure. But yeah, no, I think that there's a lot to like with Watson. Maybe a little bit more raw than a guy like George Pickens, at least in my opinion. Uh, but maybe a little more explosive, or at least on tape. I think that uh, similar levels of agility. I think Watson's got a little bit more juice to him, and I think there might be a little more upside there, but I think he's a bit more one-dimensional than a George Pickens might be. Uh, again, with Watson, you've got size. He's 6'4", which is unbelievable, and he, you know he's got long arms. Uh, maybe his his arm, sp- his arm length and wingspan isn't, as massive to the wide receiver position as uh, his height might be, but it's still, you know, well above average in that regard. So he's got the size, he's got the speed, he's got the ball skills, the coordination needed to be able to make a play on the ball. I think that that's uh, huge because you can have these great hands, but if you don't take the right angles to the air, to the ball in the air, if you don't know how to box out defensive backs accordingly, it can be a lot tougher for you to make those grabs. And I, I think Watson has that and he's, Maybe not the most agile after the catch, but he's not bad in that regard either. So uh, I, I definitely think Watson would be a great fit in what I expect the Bears system to be. Time will tell exactly what Luke Getze does, but if 
he wants a receiver to fit that role that I think he does. Uh, sort of like that turbocharged Marquez Valdez Scantling, someone with you know a little bit more production as a little bit more volume, but that bigger, speedy guy. Uh, I think Christian Watson could fit that mold perfectly. And with him, both him and Pickens, I don't know if they'll either that one of them will make it to 39. I don't know if both of them or one of them are going to be there. Uh, but I would, I'd pound the table for either one of those guys, just because I think that they're perfect fits, uh, very high ceiling. I think Watson's floor might be a little lower than Pickens, but his ceiling I think is a bit higher. So again, it's just a matter of which you prefer pick your poison sort of thing, but I'm a big fan of Watson. I think there's a lot to work with there. So do you have any concerns with him being at a small school? I mean, the competition, at, you know, obviously a little different there. He did fare decent at the senior bowl though, correct? Yeah. Yeah. He definitely had a really good performance at the senior bowl. And I think that sure you could make the argument that he didn't go up against NFL caliber defensive backs every single week. So I think at least from a route running perspective, you might see a little bit more of a shallow route tree early on, but once you work with him, you get an off season to work with him, you get him some reps uh, I think you're going to be able to see a skill set really uh, branched out and developed to be more than just the, you know, vertical nine route type of speed guy who's big, you know, and then you're going to be able to see a lot more uh, potential unlocked with him. So I don't really have any long-term issues with the level of competition. It might be a little bit of a learning curve, you know, early on in his rookie season, but I think that in the long-term things should be all right with him. Do you know what his story is? Uh, did he blossom in college or was he, you know, lightly recruited out of high school? I'm always curious about these guys that are projected to go in the top three rounds from a small school and what happened to them. You know, how did they wind up at North Dakota State? Because that, that's a drive. Yeah, no, I mean, and that's that's the weird thing a lot about about a lot of these, you know, like these physical specimens. Like I remember seeing Jordan Davis being a three-star recruit out of high school. And I'm like, how can someone that big who moves that well be a three-star recruit? And I'm sure he ended up at Georgia and Watson at North Dakota State. It's, you know, a different level of play. But uh, I'm not 100% sure, honestly, because from all accounts, he was pretty productive in high school. He was, you know, a track athlete, which I think is obvious from, you know, just the way that he moves. But I don't know off the top of my head what his uh, what his recruiting profile looked like. I mean – it doesn't really seem to make sense to me. Someone who's that explosive, someone who's that big, uh, you know, being only an FCS guy. And that's not to knock FCS or, you know, any other levels, but the physical upside that he brings, you know, I just feel like, I don't know. That's something I admittedly haven't looked too much into, but I'll, uh, I'll make sure to get on that for sure. All right. Let, let us know on the live stream when, you know, pick 39 is coming up and Watson's still yeah, on the board. Absolutely. Uh, Let's move on to David Bell, uh, Purdue guy, ranked number nine out of the wide receivers, um, 59th overall. Um, not so great on the athletic score, but someone that you wanted to talk about here. So let's let's hear a little bit about David Bell. Yeah, so I've been, I've been pushing for David Bell for quite some time, and although I'll admit I'll admit his testing didn't live up to what I was expecting. Uh, but even that I wasn't expecting him to test insanely high. Like I was thinking, so he has like a four flat RAS. I was expecting like mid fives, maybe something like that. So not a, a barn burner of an athlete by any means, but that's not his game. Uh, he wins as a precision, a precise route runner as a physical guy. 
Uh, I think his football IQ is one of the highest in this class at the receiver position. I think that he has a really good understanding of how to dissect a cornerback. I think that you watch his footwork, you watch his approach through his stems, uh, whether he's facing, you know, quick jam press, soft press, you know, man zone, whatever. I think he's able to identify that quickly, know how to adjust his approach uh, to each route, how to adjust himself to attack those blind spots, uh, exploit those soft spots and zone coverage. So uh, I, I think he's, you know, borderline like a surgeon in that regard. And yes, he doesn't have the great deep speed. I don't think he's going to be a vertical threat really at the next level. I think that, I mean, sure, he's better after the catch than what his agility numbers would indicate. He's not going to be like, you know, a Rondale Moore, his, you know, Purdue teammate. He's not that explosive guy who's going to make highlight level plays in the open field on a consistent basis. But I think he's a reliable uh, possession receiver, whether, I don't know, whether you want to put him on the boundary or project him as a big slot guy. Uh, I've seen more and more people talking about, oh, David Bell could be a big slot guy. Uh, so maybe you can run like shorter routes and not always be, not have to rely on those vertical concepts, uh, which I think could be a good idea for him. Uh, but I think you're looking at a sure-handed guy who can make catches in tight windows. Uh, like I said, a, a borderline surgeon as a route runner. And I think there's, I think there's maybe not the highest ceiling for him, but I think there's a solid floor. So I'm, I'd still push for him. Uh, maybe not in round two anymore. I'd still say round three. I know that the athletic profile score might scare some people off, but uh, I'm still a fan of his for sure. So I'm, I'm still pushing for him. Absolutely. You know, there's guys all the time that fall because of athletic testing, yeah. but like again, the, the tape beats the, the, the combine all at all times. And Absolutely. you watch him, you watch him in college and he's, he's fantastic. I think you, I think you have a great point there. You know, he understands where, the, where the holes are in the zone. He knows how to set up the guys in man coverage. I think that's something, you know, because there's no testing for that. You can't see his, 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 his football IQ, yeah. you know, but the fact that he understands that that part of the game that allows him to play faster than what his actual speed is. So I think, you know, I mean, did you see him, you know, fall into the third round possibly could just because of the numbers? Yeah. I mean, I definitely think it's possible uh, in my, uh, draft guide, which actually just came out today. Uh, a little you don't say <laughs> a little cheap plug there for you, but yeah, no, I, I do have him going in the third round. I believe, uh, I think I had to change it last minute before I published because my mock draft, I had him going late second. Uh, but I had him, you know, move down to like early mid third. I think that's ultimately where he should go. Uh, and again, I have like a, a mid late second on him right now. I recognize the league might not be as high on him as I am, but I still think you watch the tape, you see someone who can contribute at a high level. So I don't have too many concerns about him as, you know, a solid contributor. Can he be a wide receiver one with those, you know, the physical limitations? I'm not sure, but I do think he's a solid contributor in the pros and, if you can get that, you know, mid to late day two, I think that's a good investment, honestly. So I think it, it's an interesting question because we're starting the Ryan Poles regime here. We don't know what his draft philosophy is. We're kind of trying to read tea leaves of what he's been saying. Yeah. You know, he's looking for guys that are more athletic along the offensive line. You know, he, he's made some mention about speed. So you do have some markers there that he's at least interested in that. 
Now, obviously, what he actually does will speak much more than what he says. So yeah. let's let's you know let's keep that in mind. But if he is a guy that's like, no, they really need to be able to, you know, have be fast on the field and play fast. Um, you know, that it might take a guy like this out. Is there a? But I, I had another question for you on Bell before we move on. Is there another guy that this reminds you of? Can can we put this? into like bears history terms is this like an earl bennett kind of guy like you know who is this guy remind you of okay so from a bears perspective i you know i could see earl bennett i think that's definitely not a bad shout uh looking back on it i want to say because I, I hopped on another show and i had uh like a, a weird combination of uh, Marquise Colston and Rashad Bateman as my comparison. And that was pre-combine. And, you know, but I, I do think that Earl Bennett is a really good. Technical difficulties <laughs> happens on a live show from time to time. So real quickly, I'm, I'm going to plug Jacob's draft guide. He's his draft guide just went live. You could buy it on Patreon. Uh, the price escapes me, but I actually bought it last year. I'm going to buy it again this year. He breaks down 400 players this year, you know, that he actually scouted himself, watched the tape. He's not just, you know, doing this for fun. I mean, this is this is what he wants to do. He is a, he is a, the WCG lead draft analyst. So he puts it out there. He puts his name on the paper. He puts it there. So if, if there's a bad, bad uh, judgment on his part, he'll own it. You know, if there's a good judgment part, he'll own it. So make sure you pick up his draft guide. It's all right there for you. Yeah, sorry about that. I have no idea what just happened with my Wi-Fi. It just cut out on me. So I, uh, you know, I apologize for that. It's all but good. Yeah, no, I, I think Earl Bennett is a really good comparison. I think that uh, maybe a little more physical in that regard, but I, I think that there are a lot of similarities. You're looking at uh, like a solid wide, mid-level wide receiver too. At the very least, I think he's a very good wide receiver three at the next level. So I think that's solid enough investment for me to be willing to take a shot on him. Especially okay. in the third round. Especially. Yeah. So yeah, it works. Yeah, it feels, feels more third round to me. Yeah, definitely. Well, well you, you already brought up Sky Moore, but let, let's talk about him in depth here. And, and I love the picture I found of him. Little little, little thumbs up there. Yeah, that's um, nice. So, so Sky Moore, uh, Western Michigan. He's the tenth rated wide receiver on CBS, number seventy-two overall, which puts him in the third round, um, yeah. according to them. So, what can you tell us about Moore? Sky Moore, I think, is well, probably one of the. I know that his explosion grade is good, and his agility grades were kind of poor. But you turn on the tape and you watch one of the most dynamic guys in this class. I think that his forty and his overall speed grades and his ten-yard splits are more in. in uh, indicative of what you see with him on tape. He's got very good first step quickness off the snap. He's got the deep speed needed to stretch the field. He's creative with the ball in his hands. I think there's a lot to like with him uh, in terms of that lateral mobility, that vision when he gets the, the ball in his hands. I think he could project very well as a return specialist if you want him to be in that in that role. Very good route runner. That's another thing that I like about him is not only is he a speedster, but he's also very precise in his movements. He has a high football IQ, uh, kind of similar to David Bell. Uh, they do it in different ways, but they also have you know good understanding of how to adjust their footwork depending on what coverage they see. Uh, they know how to you know 
disguise different route concepts and Sky's uh, lateral mobility and his acceleration coming out of his brakes is really good. Uh, so I say and this is a cheap pun that I'm going to use a bunch of times if the Bears draft Sky more. I don't think they will, but if they do, I'm going to say the sky's the limit with him. I think oh that there's – yeah, I, I know. And <laughs> I know that there's uh, concerns about maybe size or length. I think that he has a compact frame. Like he's a shorter guy, but he's low to the ground. He's tougher than you'd think for someone of his size. He does a good job bouncing off of defenders, keeps his pads low, uh, very tough after the catch. So I think there's really a lot to like with Sky Moore. And uh, is he going to have a little bit more of a limited role? Is he a guy you're going to go to in in red zone situations? Uh, Not really. Short yardage situations, not all the time. If you're, you know, relying on those routes that, you know, rely on making grabs and tight windows. But I, I do think that there's there's a lot to like with Sky Moore. And I think just watching the tape, he's one of the most fun players to watch in this class. Does it concern you that he's got great straight line speed, but some of those agility scores are pretty rough? You know, not necessarily. I don't think I'm too worried about that right now. Uh I think that ultimately the tape wins out and sure I would have liked to see him do better from an agility perspective, but I can't totally be worried because it's, it's one of those weird situations where uh, the time, you know, doesn't match what you see on tape. So I I defer that to people who have access to advanced analytics, you know, GPS grades, uh, you know, times and what have you. I think that that'll end up being that play speed, that play athleticism is a little bit more valuable. And at least in my opinion, Okay. I just like all green. Get get all get all all <laughs> green scores if you can. But um, uh, here's a guy that I had not heard much about. So I'm excited to hear what you have to say about Alec Pierce out of Cincinnati. He's the 16th rated wide receiver on CBS, 122 overall. So that kind of puts him in you know, what would that be? Late four, somewhere around yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah, and I think he goes higher than that, honestly. I think that, sure, he's a little bit raw production, uh, maybe not what you'd like, considering the fact that he played at a group of five and that he's as big and fast as he is. But you can see the the spider graphs speak for themselves. The relative athletic score speaks for itself. He's a very good athlete. He's a multi-sport athlete coming out of uh, Glenbard West in Glen Ellen. So he's a local guy. Uh, and, you know, I, I wrote a, a little piece about local Chicago guys just, you know, to give some fans a little bit of insight, you know, who's from the Chicago area, uh, you know, just a little fun something. But I think Alec Pierce, the size, the deep speed, the burst off the ball, I think that he's a battler at the catch point. He's got like that power forward kind of skill set, uh, re- pretty reliable hands. And he, he's shown some promise as a route runner. I, and I think that he's, still improving in that regard, but he's tough battling with his hands through his stems. He's shown some misdirection and uh, disguising route concepts. Uh, Yak ability is better than you'd expect for his size. And his, his agility time wasn't necessarily great, but he's tough after the catch and he has deceptive uh, quickness when he gets out in the open field. So, and, and that's not just a stereotype that I'm using, Uh that's legit. He, he's deceptively quick. And, you know, well, I think part of that is because he's taller. So he looks like he's yeah, yes. as fast as he does. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's, 
that's exactly it. And I think that she's a bigger guy, so you don't expect him to be able to move around as well as he does. But uh, his film's a blast. I think that he might not be ready for a super big role early on. I think he'll probably maybe start a couple games as a rookie, but more or less he's going to be a rotational guy. He plays a lot as a you know special teamer, as a gunner perhaps. But I think the long-term upside is very high with Pierce. And if you can't get a George Pickens or a Christian Watson, but you want someone who fits that mold, uh, trade if you're the Bears, trade back into the second round or take him with that third round selection if he's there because you know Pierce brings a lot of the same things to the table. You just might not get you know the same uh, day one production, but in the long term, the upside is pretty similar. You're saying the polish isn't quite there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I think with Pierce, he also fits something that the Bears are going to want to do with Justin Fields because Justin Fields showed that he's pretty good at going deep. You know, the guy like Pierce has the deep speed, plus he has the size to go get it. So I think at some point the Bears are going to look to draft a guy like that. I mean, they did sign one with St. Brown, but again, league minimum contract. I think right now he's a four, he's a five. You know, if he develops, that's great for the Bears. You know, but right now I don't think the Bears can expect him to be the guy that takes a big leap. So I think they're going to want to get a guy in a draft that kind of fits that profile as well. Yeah, and I mean, if you can, if you're into that kind of thing, he's also projecting pretty well as a run blocker. You know, a guy with that length, a guy with that physicality. Uh, he's shown some flashes on tape, and you know, just the size. I think he continue to get better and better in that regard. So uh, I know, you know, some people out there probably really like to hear that you know, running receivers who can block for the run, but. Uh, I think Pierce can end up being one of those guys for sure. It's that toughness. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I sure like the um, green elite explosion grade with uh, elite speed with, (laughs) uh, with elite size. I mean, that's, that's enough to take a chance on a guy like that for sure. So um, you you put a couple guys on here that um, I definitely hadn't heard of yet. Oh, and nice. this is clearly Ooh. someone that you found because uh, he just jumps off the, the charts here. 9.99 <laughs> unofficial, but 9.99 relative athletic score for Tanner Connor. Doesn't have a spider graph because apparently he doesn't have enough uh, of the testing numbers to put a spider chart together. Um, yeah. Idaho State. What is the mascot for Idaho State? Uh, crap, don't Did, tell me. Don't tell me. Uh. It's like orange. Is it like the Tigers or might be the Bengals? Something like that. Tigers or Bengals. Uh, someone can look that up. That's sad. All right. Well, tell us about Tanner Connor. <laughs> yeah. It no, is the Bengals. It is the Bengals. There we go. There look we go. Jacob nails it. Nice. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, I I think Tanner Connor is the type of guy you take a shot on. Uh, just throw something at the wall and see what happens. Uh, because sure he's raw i think as a route runner he's still got a long ways to go uh not really a, a route concept salesman at this stage of his career but uh obviously as th- that shows he's athletic he's big he's thickly built too he's 230 pounds so he's not like one of those skinny guys he can like hold his own at the catch point and very good ball skills reliable hands did a very good job at the fcs level of boxing out guys uh, the catch point. And I mean, sure. I think that there's obviously going to be a learning curve for him. So I don't know how much he contributes right away. I think he's a guy worth taking a shot on late day three. I'm very sad. He didn't go to the combine or, you know, wasn't invited. Cause I think he could have done 
a lot of good, obviously as his pro day numbers show, because I think that there's just so much, uh, so much potential there and you'll start off on special teams, I believe, but there's a lot to like with him for sure. So, so, so real quick with counter, you're talking six, three, two thirty, right? Yeah. That's, that's Trey Burton size. That's, that's right. Jesper Horstead <laughs> size. Do you see him possibly converting to, to the U tight end at the NFL level? You know, I think or it's a blocking not there. Yeah. Now, I think it's a possibility. Uh, I'll admit to not having seen enough of him as a blocker to be able to indicate that. Uh, so I'll, you know, that's something I'll have to check. Like if he, if he ends up with the Bears, especially, I'll do so, a little bit more work on him. And because Idaho State film is very tough to come <laughs> to come behind. So, uh, you know, but for what I was able to do, I, I didn't see a ton as a blocker. N- not nothing really good or bad. So, uh, I can't speak to that regard, but in terms of the size and speed mismatch, I think for that alone, it's a possibility. Yeah, it just it. seems well. It seems like he's so thick, like that you you just kind of grow into that role there. Um, I was thinking the same thing. That's that's a good idea. Uh, I saved the best for last because you put a Northern Iowa Panther oh, out there here, it and, is. <laughs> and I don't know if you know that that's where I graduated from. Um, but I'm very happy that you did that. So Isaiah Weston, uh, Northern Iowa, does not ha- have a rank on CBS, but an impressive relative athletic score, 9.6 overall, and a beautiful spider chart. Um, so what can you tell us about Isaiah Weston? Yeah, and admittedly, I didn't realize, you know, you went to Northern Iowa. And once you mentioned it the first time with Christian Watson, I'm like, oh, okay, you know, he's probably ended up really liking uh, the last guy on my list. But, yeah, no, Isaiah Weston's a – an intriguing long-term type of guy to build uh again like as is the case with tanner connor you know not a very precise route runner at this stage not very uh deceptive in how he goes about his stems and blending in different concepts uh maybe not as physical at the catch point i mean it's a 15 pound difference so that's i guess to be expected but i think that weston offers a little bit more juice to him i think he offers a little bit more uh, wiggle after the catch. I think that, uh, you know, he still has that toughness once he gets the ball in his hands, but he can move around a bit better than Connor, in my opinion. Uh, I think he's got a lot to like uh, on special teams as well. And those are two guys I think definitely should be drafted, uh, at least in my opinion. So uh, if they get, if Connor or Weston get drafted, I don't know. I know Weston was invited to the combine, which is generally a pretty good in, you know indicator that all right, teams are looking at this guy. But uh, overall, I just think that there's definitely a lot to like with Weston as a long-term developmental prospect, just to take a shot on, honestly. I, I, I'm i excited for him. When I went down to the Senior Bowl, um, there, was a, there was a Panther there, uh, Trevor Penning. Yeah. And I was like, oh, cool. Like, yeah, maybe, you know, maybe the Bears could add a tackle. You know, maybe he maybe he'd be a second round guy. And then I'll watch him like this guy's this guy's going to be a first rounder, isn't he? And it just because <laughs> I hadn't really looked at anything, but I was watching him like, ah, he's just he's too big. He's too good. Um, and there's just no way that the Bears are going to get Trevor Penning. But this is a guy that I, I could, uh, that could that could be there like in, you know, sixth, seventh round and and. Maybe the Bears are able to scoop them up and add some, you know, they need talent in that wide receiver room. So that's pretty exciting to see. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Bears are for sure going to get some guys. I would assume at least two guys in a draft. And they're going to bring at least three undrafted free agent receivers because, you know, right now, I mean, we've we've talked about the the, the room, you know, all offseason. 
you know, even with the, the new guys they signed, it's still got Nassimba Webster on it and Isaiah Coulter on it. And it's got yeah. guys that, that, that depth that you're like, you know, those guys are practice squatters at best. So they're going to bring in some, some, some guys that you're not expecting. And they're going to bring in a bunch of guys with, you know, speed guys, you know, size guys. They're going to bring in a bunch of guys and, you know, see what sticks. Yeah. No, and I, uh, so, uh, sorry to cut you off. I, I was just no, going to, I was just going to, Say like you know, I think that this receiver room in a lot of different positions, uh, it's far from a finished product. And we've seen Ryan Poles emphasize, you know, waiting things out, waiting uh, the second and third waves. And honestly, it's looking like we'll probably get to the fourth and fifth waves of free agency for some of these moves. Uh, which you know, you can have your own opinions about them. Uh, I have my own, uh, you know, trying to balance that. Oh, I want the Bears to get better but also realizing, okay, this isn't a one-year fix. This is a long-term thing. Don't add any stupid contracts. But, yeah, it, it, a lot of things are going to change, and I, I wouldn't at all be shocked if the Bears uh, finish the draft with more picks than they currently have. I think that's a big thing to look out for. Poles has indicated he'd look to trade down if the opportunity arose, uh, and I fully expect him to do so. Yeah, I, I think I think he needs to. So what I was going to ask is you've you've now done a few classes. You, you've gone through a few of these cycles. Yeah. And I would say in from from what I've seen two years ago, last year and now this year, you have deep wide receiver cl uh, uh, classes. Yeah. Is it your opinion? Uh, I don't, I don't, don't want to lead you too much here. Um, I'll just say my opinion is this is going to keep happening. Because of all of the flag football and you know all the seven on seven tournaments and all the athletes that are playing wide receiver, I, I believe that we're in this phase now where we are going to see waves and waves of young wide receiver, talented wide receiver classes that are going to come in. They're going to be able to contribute right away. Where that was not the case, you know, when I was growing up, like you know, rookie wide receiver they didn't do anything, right? They 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 sat on the bench and you know the, the year two they might contribute. Um, but these guys can come in right away and contribute because they've just caught so many passes. They've run so many routes because they're constantly playing wide receiver. Do you agree with that? And two, what do you think that means for the future of the position? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that it's definitely something that we've seen over the last couple of years. And I do believe it'll continue to uh, only continue to show a lot of deep wide receiver classes. I mean, I don't think this one's as top heavy as the last two classes, but I think as far as day two depth, early day three depth, it's definitely right up there. And I, I think you're definitely right. The, the the college football, high school football, it's shifting. You know, there's a lot more passing going on, open up a lot more opportunities for receivers to uh, get more and more precise, a lot more youth camps, a lot more of those seven on sevens, like you're mentioning, way more opportunities for receivers uh, to continue to develop and grow. So I definitely think that'll be the case. And I think that that's only going to continue to aid, uh, you know, this generally pretty pass heavy era of football and sure. Some of the big offenses have a lot of, you know, have effective run games, but I do believe that a lot of that comes down to scheme and blocking and the actual individual value of the running back position. Sure. I still believe that, you know, a running back matters in the grand scheme of things, but it might not be as important as an offensive line might not be as important as play callers who are able to scheme those run plays. Whereas passing attack schemes also important, but it also comes down to the receiver's actual ability to get open. 
And I think that that individuality is a bit stronger at the receiver position uh, and just continuing to have this shift in uh, like the shift in wide receiver culture in all landscapes of football. I think it's only going to continue to churn out high quality receivers, continue to uh, keep more of a pass heavy attack. Maybe different things will change with different schemes and all that. But I think that just the sheer talent that's going to be coming out a receiver not just this year, but next year's got some good talent. I'm sure future draft classes are going to be encouraging too. So there's a lot to like for sure. Well, that's what the league wants. I mean, the league wants offense. And what's the quick script for offense yeah. are these those big explosive plays, and they happen much more frequently in, in the passing game. So that's what the league wants. That's what college wants. I mean, it's it's you know, spread footballs all over the place and you know, four or five uh, wideout sets are, are common now in college. And that's, you know, it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's taken over everything. It's like, you guys said that that's where the athletes are going now. They want to be those big receivers. So I think at some point there's going to be some sort of a flip where you may start seeing some of those, those, those DBs, you know, those, those guys realizing, you know, they could get paid if they learn how to stop those wideouts. And I think you may start seeing some athletes start going to that side of the ball. Yeah, definitely. I think that's certainly a possibility. And, uh, again, with this, just that whole shift, I definitely think that you're going to see a lot more athletic guys, a lot more of those athlete types of recruits saying, oh, you know, we can give you the ball in space and allow athletes to make plays with the ball in their hands. And I think a lot more coaches are realizing that it's as simple as that, getting athletic guys the ball in their hands and just letting them do things in space. So uh, I definitely agree with that for sure. I it's my opinion that we are going to be uh, the, these the Tyreek Hill contract Tyreek Hill's great but like the Tyreek Hill contract and people talking about DK wanting big money and you know these next wave of guys that are going to get paid a lot of these teams are going to regret that money because you're going to have such a influx of talent at the wide yeah. receiver position over the next few years that in a few years we're just going to be talking about well no you just you you just have four guys that can play. Um, but you know, you don't have to sign the $20 million wide receiver, whatever it's going to the equivalent is going to be with the cap going up over the next few years. Yeah. And it'll be, it'll be different, but it'll be, you know, a, a cousin to the, the running back situation where, you know, you don't pay running backs, uh, because they're, they're not going to, you know, they're not going to pay out receivers a little different because a receiver longevity of the career, you know, it, it has a different trajectory than a running back who takes all the beating and, you know, their, their careers are much shorter. Yeah. But I do think that there's something there where all I mean, just it's amazing the amount of talent. And even if it's not top heavy, we're, how many wide receivers do you think are going to go in round one this year? Uh, I could see realistically somewhere like five or six. I think that I mean, maybe <laughs> there's 32 here. picks in the first round. That's still pretty amazing that yeah. there's still you and, know, six wide receivers going in the first round. Yeah. And I think there's a chance for even like seven potentially, because I believe that both the Ohio state receivers will go round one, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, uh, Traylon Burks. I think Jameson Williams will as well. Uh, Drake London, that's five right there. And you can make arguments for sky Moore could make it. Christian Watson could make it. Jahan Dodson could make it. Could a George Pickens, you know, rise up there. You never know. I think there are a lot of guys with, legit chances to go that high. I don't know exactly if everyone's going to go as high as some people might think, but I, I definitely think that generally it's a very talented receiver class. And a lot of people uh, want to build this high powered super offense, so to speak. And I think that people are going to take advantage of that with the talent in this class. 
You know, you mentioned the receivers going to the first round and, and our guy, Jonathan Wood, who's on Twitter, you know, we all follow him. You know, he had a, a graph earlier today and last year, five wideouts went in the first round before that it was six. And, and that's the most that's gone. But for a more of a, for a bears perspective, he actually broke down, you know, how many wideouts went in the top 40. And, and last year there were six uh, in, in 2020, there were eight and eight's actually the most in the last 10 years. So if eight wideouts go before the bears go on the clock, there's still going to be Sky Moore, who is the 10th rated wideout, according to the CBS. I mean, there's going to be some guys there, you know, that that may be at that spot for the Bears. So I know a lot of Bears are saying that, oh, it's it's you know the all, you know all those guys are going in the first round. No, they're not. You know, there's 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 other needs for other teams. You know, some some teams are set at receiver; they're not going to bother. Others are, are desperate for like the Bears are. So if it's eight, is the record. Even if the, the even if the record is broken this year, let's say there's ten wideouts go before the Bears, there's still some quality guys that'll be there for the Bears. So I think the Bears are in a good spot here for a wideout and for offensive line. Yeah, definitely, and I think that's a really good thing for what they need. Honest, man, two for hey, fine. Right. Did it happen again? You're back. <laughs> you're, you're back. You're back. No, maybe you're not. That's uh, okay. College um, kid on, on a college budget, you know. He's yeah, he got the, got living the college the dream, You know. Um, now, now he's just giving us the salute. Look at that. <laughs> Similar things are happening. Similar things are happening. Oh, man. Well, um, I think we're we're at the end here. We uh, are. We got through the seven uh, wide receivers that I that I wanted you to talk about, Jacob, and I, I really appreciate you taking the time to do that. And you know, a little wide receiver philosophy too. Um, obviously, Jacob's going to be spending time with us on day two of the draft again. We're you know, I'm going to keep saying it because we're really excited about what we're going to be doing that night. We're going to be bringing in multiple people throughout the night, but you're going to be seeing Lester, you're going to be seeing me, and you're going to be seeing Robert all night. Uh, we'll be recording. Uh, Robert's live hits uh, with, with different draft analysts, um, and, and we're just going to be bouncing back and forth. We'll try to bring some other people to, to talk about the draft picks. We're really excited. I think Ryan Pohl is going to trade down, but either way, he's going to be active on on day, on day two. He's got three picks right now. We're really excited about it. Um, Jacob, really appreciate it. Plug your uh, guide. Where can we get it? You know, how much does it cost? Uh, you know, all that stuff. Let us know what's going on. Oh, I thought he was back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, 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 he's back. Okay. So I actually put a link Connect. to his draft guide in, in the comment section. And uh, I think it went to our YouTube page. It went to our Facebook page. And then, uh, you know, we'll all retweet it, you know, on, on Twitter as well. So it'll be everywhere. Plus it's actually on Winnie city ground right now. Jacob actually wrote up a quick article about it, you know, kind of uh, a hype in his, his draft guide. So make sure you guys go there, check that out, pick it up. It's always good to help help young journalists out, young struggling journalists out like Jacob. So give him a hand. Let's make the guy some money here because uh, that's what it's all about at the end of the day. Absolutely. Well, we appreciate it. We're going to end the uh, episode, the the podcast here. Um, but uh, the questions that we have in the comments for, for YouTube, we'll get to in a minute. But appreciate you listening. Uh, and until next time, bear down. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, 
wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.